Introducing Bluehost Cloud, ultra-fast WordPress hosting with 100% uptime. Want a website with unmatched power, speed, and control? Of course you do. And now you can have all three with Bluehost Cloud, the new web hosting plan from Bluehost. With 100% uptime and incredibly speedy load times, your WordPress websites will be dependable and lightning fast on a global scale. Plus, your sites can handle even the biggest traffic spikes without going down or lagging. And with Bluehost Cloud, you get 24-7 WordPress priority support, meaning you're connected to WordPress experts anytime you need them. Not to mention, you automatically get daily backups and world-class security. So, what are you waiting for? Get Bluehost Cloud today by visiting bluehost.com. That's bluehost.com. Hi, folks. Be sure to visit my webpage at dr-history.com for over 440 true stories of the Old West. Also, now available on Amazon, my first book, a historical fiction based on true events entitled Coal Miner to Cowboy. The story of a young man born in England in 1850. He wants to be a cowboy and makes his way to America, travels from New Orleans to Independence on a steamboat, hires on as a teamster to Santa Fe, then on a cattle drive to Bozeman, Montana. He also rides shotgun on a stagecoach. He travels with a wagon train, and on his two-year journey, he meets some famous people and keeps a journal of his adventures. The book contains a lot of the true stories from my podcast and is now available on Amazon. Visit my webpage for a link to Amazon for the book, Coal Miner to Cowboy. Here's Dr. History. Good morning, Zeb. Hello, buddy. Yes, beautiful morning out there today. In the neighborhood. Sunshine and, oh, yeah. I was sick of the cold and the rain. Oh, yeah, yeah, but it has greened everything up. Oh, my. Looks good. Yeah. Looks good. So I've got to tell you, folks, my book, I went down last week and have started recording my book, Coal Miner to Cowboy. I should finish it this Saturday. So in the next few weeks, you should be able to buy my book. On Amazon, either print, ebook, or uh, as a- an audible book. And uh, Zeb and I were just talking, what a grueling thing it is to record oh. a book and not mess up on saying words. Uh, and you know, I got your book right over here. How many pages is the book in oh, its entirety? About 298 something. Yeah. After about uh, 150, didn't you say to yourself, do I really want to do this? <laughs> there was a point where I'm thinking, oh, my brain is fried. But uh, It's not easy. It is not. No. It is not. But it's coming. Okay. It's coming together. I have a good guy that's uh, putting it together for me and editing and stuff. So Okay. But, and also, folks, just remember, that if you've missed some of the stories, you can go back to my webpage at dr-history.com and listen to 460 stories. And you, you can listen to them starting at 9 tomorrow morning and going through till the like end of the July. End of the month. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it'll take you that long. All right. So, Zeb, okay. what was the... Uh, the results of stealing a horse in the old days? Normally, uh, they were caught, and right. they were judged guilty because they were on the stolen horse. Right. And then normally, somebody would shake down a rope and say, guess what we're going to do? Yes. So, that's what we're going to talk about oh today. Okay. Uh, it can be just a little bit 
gory, but I'm going to try to soften it. A Why little. should you ever weaken? I know, I know. Okay. So, you know, death by hanging was, until the first quarter of the 20th century, the most common method of execution in the United States. That was the most common method. Why was that adopted as such? I, well, it came from, you know, Europe, England. Uh-huh. I mean, uh, Captain Kidd was hung over in England, uh-huh. uh, you, you know, many, many years ago. So hanging wasn't a new thing to the Americas. Yeah. Uh, it had been used for years. So, and there's, there was more than a few people out West that legally or sometimes I'm afraid even otherwise may have danced at the end of a rope. Uh-huh. They may not have all been guilty. Mm-hmm. But during the 17th and 18th centuries and into the early 19th, little thought was given to what you'd call humane execution. I see. In other words, they just got the job done. They didn't yeah. really pay much attention yeah. to what the guy was going through. But the condemned man's hands were bound behind him, and a hood was placed over his head. The noose was put around the guy's neck and tightened. And the guy was either drawn up until the feet were clear of any support or support was taken from under the feet, uh, for example, a horse or a scaffold or whatever. And the poor guy just strangled to death and uh, a process that could take as long as an hour. Are you kidding me? No. I did not know that. Just depending on the expertise of the hangers. Oh, my goodness. That's a long time. And the poor guy. I did not know that. That's being stretched. Wow. So by the first quarter of the 19th century, uh, particularly in the United States, the idea of humane execution had begun to kind of take hold. Uh, So slow strangulation by hanging, you could say that was maybe cruel and unusual punishment, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, that would qualify. So it was forbidden by the U.S. Constitution. An effort was made to determine the quickest way to kill by hanging. I see. So now this is where the experts come in. You're, you're, you are going to get gory, aren't you? I, I yeah. told you I was. Yeah. Oh, I'm, I'm not even done yet. Yeah, I can imagine. So the quickest way to, was to break the guy's neck and crush the spinal cord as close to the base of the skull as possible. So the ideal point was the second cervical vertebrae in the neck, the second one down, yeah. just below the skull. And even to this day, that when people have an accident or something and fracture that second cervical vertebrae, it is referred to in the medical profession as the hangman's fracture. Really? Yeah. And unfortunately, it can be fatal or total paralysis. So it's a, it's a severe injury that can happen to a person's neck. So how one went about ensuring this would happen was something of a problem. A problem, incidentally, never completely solved, though the solution was pretty much 99% effective. So even as they worked on it, it wasn't always 100% effective. But... So the first important consideration was the rope. I was going to say, they didn't have volunteers to make to, to medical history on this, no, did they? No, they didn't. I see. So it, so the rope, okay, we've got to start yeah, with the rope. Start with the rope. It needed to be the strongest available, which was, at the time, hemp. So the diameter, now they figured all this out, Zeb, which I thought was interesting. The diameter of the rope was critical. If you had too thick of a rope, it would have it would have a cushioning effect and it wouldn't snap the neck. Oh! If it was too thin a rope, it, it would cut. could cut 
the condemned guy's throat or even take his head off. You are uh, being uh, a little gruesome. Uh, yes, yeah, you are. Yeah. So the and again, I don't know how they you know if they took a study on this, but they figured out that the ideal rope diameter. Well, they sure didn't have volunteers to <laughs> test didn't. it. The ideal diameter was one and a half inches. So it was thick enough that it would neither uh, part under the condemned's weight nor or break nor cut into the neck. So it was thin enough that it would not cushion the drop and fail to break the neck. So the rope also needed to be kind of supple, kind of loose. It, they didn't want a, a real stiff rope. So a new rope uh, didn't, you couldn't tie a knot in a new rope very well. And sometimes it kinked, and uh, which could result in a series of jerks as the poor guy dropped uh, kind of a nonviolent enough to break his neck. So the rope was prepared for business, and then you'll find this interesting. Dr. Gruesome. Yes, the rope was prepared ahead of time. Uh-huh. You didn't just use any rope. Oh, no. Well, I guess unless you were out in the middle of nowhere, and they just decided you were going to get hung by yeah. a lariette. Yeah. You know? So the rope was prepared uh, by soaking it in water until it was really soaked good. Then they would tie it to a high point, like a limb of a tree usually, and suspend a weight from the free end. Okay, so that would kind of take some of the stretch out of it. I see. Okay, so the rope was allowed to air dry, which kind of removed all the kinks, but left it kind of stiff. So the rope was then softened by treating it with melted tallow, soap, or later later, uh, refined petroleum. So this is quite a process. I guess. Now, the hangman's knot. You've heard of that. Oh, yeah. So it was an old development, and when properly tied, would slip only one way. And I didn't know that, that it would, it would only go one direction. It wouldn't go the, you couldn't loosen it. Oh, really? Okay? It could be tightened, but not loosened. So they had to cut it? Yeah. So by tradition, a thief was hanged with the noose of, and I didn't know this, seven turns uh, for a thief, uh, a murderer, there was 13 turns in the, in the loop or in the knot. Yeah. You know, when they, when they yeah. tie, yeah. make that knot. Why, why the difference? I don't know. Hanging is. Is hanging. Yeah. Yeah. What difference does it make if you're a thief or a murderer? I, whatever. So the second critical point was the drop. This, yeah. is, this is important. Yeah. If the condemned guy was not dropped far enough, the neck would not break. Not a good thing. Kind of a bad deal to have a hanging and you open the trap door and he lands on his feet and walks away. Yeah. So, <laughs> Can they hang him again? You know what? Is that double jeopardy? Okay. Back in England, Captain Kidd was hung, and when they dropped it, the rope broke. And legally, if, if that happened, you were supposed to be able to go free because it was like God's will that you're not to be hung. Well, they quickly... Picked up old Captain Kidd and hung him again. So that didn't apply. He thought he had an opening. He thought he had an opening. So, uh, again, if it wasn't enough, uh, it wouldn't break the neck. But if it was too big of a drop, it would take the guy's head off. So they came up with a formula. And how they did this, I have no idea. So they said that they would take the condemned guy's weight, how much he weighed, Round up to the next pound, divided by 1180, this would yield the number of feet of drop necessary to break the neck reliably 
of course, uh, to uh, rely and and provided the knot was properly positioned behind the condemned guy's ear. Okay, so oh, I'm, I, I, I'm, I'm got, confused as to where you came up with 1180. I have no idea, but so here's here's some figures. If you were 160 pounds, I wish. Yeah, <laughs> it would require a drop of eight feet to break the neck, while a 250 pound subject would require a drop of only five feet. Really? So that's the the mathematical uh, figures. Okay. Okay. Hmm. Okay. Now, this, of course, made the height of the floor of the scaffold pretty critical. A 90-pound person had to drop at least 13 feet to be reasonably sure of a broken neck. A 90-pound person is emaciated anyway. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, well, yeah, poor guy. I mean, Feed the guy. <laughs> 90, give him something. You know, what was his last meal? You know, Bread and water. So, like I say, that would take at least 15 feet above the ground uh, or above the execution chamber. So, a problem arose prior to the humane method of hanging. The condemned's feet were not usually bound together. So, the term dancing on air was used to describe the uh, gruesome bicycling of the feet as the poor guy strangled it. Oh, my. So, this performance was also known as mid-air dance, strangulation jig, or doing the Texas cakewalk. And it was used as a method for determining the time of death. When the body quit wiggling and jumping and dancing and just hung limply, they figured the guy was dead. Well, duh. <laughs> so, you know, how much intelligence did that take? Now, um, there were some things that happened to the body functions when you got... Oh, my uh, goodness. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, I apologize. Uh, Doctor, history I, is gruesome. Oh, I'm only going to tell you... How they took care of that. Okay, good. The trousers were usually fastened to the legs at the ankles, knees, and mid-thigh. The hands were bound behind, usually with a leather thong rather than a rope. And the elbows were bound to the sides at the at your waist. A black hood was placed over the guy's head. The hangman's knot was behind the ear. And for some reason, usually behind the left ear which proved to be the most efficient positioning to assure the snapping of that second vertebrae. Mm. And I, I don't know why they came up with uh, the left ear. That anatomically, to me, that doesn't make sense. But Oh, now we're getting really medical here, <laughs> but, anatomically. Yes, yes. So anyway, uh, if all was done right, the condemned guy dropped the, the certain amount of distance the rope slack ran out, and death was usually instant yeah. if it snapped that vertebrae. Yeah. Uh, the deceased guy was usually allowed to hang for six or seven minutes, after which a doctor went under the scaffold and listened for a heartbeat. And being done, the condemned guy was pronounced dead. Uh, the, the rope was cut about a foot above the noose. Like I said, they couldn't loosen the noose. Remember when I said that? Can't loose the noose. Can't loosen the noose. And the body was lowered into a rough coffin. Uh-huh. 
So, a excuse me, a successful hanging, uh, that is one which broke the guy's neck by the drop, depended on the accurate calculation of the drop based on the guy's weight, and all hangings were successful, of course, <laughs> even if you didn't get things exactly right. They, they, they usually ended up with the guy dead. Send your cards and letters. Yeah, to- <laughs> you know, I mean, the guy died, even if you didn't have the exact weight and the exact oh, drop. Oh, my. But, but in some cases, particularly when the guy's neck was uh, unusually thick, and you'll like this, <clears throat> the drop did not break the neck. Two large, strong men, usually deputy sheriffs or bailiffs, were stationed under the scaffold to grab the condemned guy's legs and jerk downward with all their strength to break the guy's neck. Holy smokes. So, Look at this. I'm sweating. (laughs) And you're not even the guy on the scaffold. So, you know, an insufficient drop was a nightmare. No one relished the thought of jerking on the guy's legs. I can imagine the guy that's being hung going, oh, no. Now they got to grab my legs, you know. But as I mentioned, too much of a drop was another problem. The classic case was the execution, and I'm going to show you a picture here. Oh, I can't wait. Okay, here. All right, he's handing me a picture. And I'm going to tell you the story behind that. Oh, my. Okay, uh, the classic case was the execution of hanging of a train robber named Tom Ketchum, also referred to as Black Jack Ketchum. Oh, you've talked about him. Yeah, I've talked about him. In New Mexico Territory, Union County in 1901. Now, uh, Ketchum, and you can look this guy's name up. He was, he was a bad guy. I've told, actually, I've told a ghost story about Ketchum, and I'll, I will if we have time. So Ketchum, at 193 pounds, should have had a drop of six feet. But he had an inexperienced executioner. Oh, I hate those newcomers. <laughs> those two guys. Well, you got to learn somewhere. Yeah, on right? the job training. Yeah. So Sheriff uh, Salome Garson apparently lengthened the drop to seven feet, and he over-lubricated the too thin rope. It was too thin. So in any case, the noose decapitated Ketchum <clears throat> at the end of the long drop. Cut his his head came off. Yeah. All right. Uh-huh. According to eyewitnesses, there was a certain amount of uh, splattering that took place on the spectators, and I'll, I'll just leave it at that. Yeah. Would you please? <laughs> the headless body on hitting the ground supposedly supposedly began to jerk and flop like a chicken with its head cut off. <laughs> The two uh, under-scaffold deputies were required to sit on the corpse until it quit twitching. Only then would the doctor approach it to declare the headless bandit officially dead. Well, I'm okay. sure glad you brought this subject okay. up this That's morning. That's as gruesome as it's going to get. Okay, yeah, we're, I we're, bet. We're okay. past that. All right, we're, we're past, past this. Sorry, folks. Uh, so... Now, you know, when you think of occupations back then, Zeb, uh, there were a few roving professional hangmen. Now, there's a movie about Jimmy Stewart. Remember that? Where he played the part of a hangman? Oh. Remember that? I remember that. Yeah. But but that is common in, in Western movies and fiction and actually probably never existed, actually. Really? Yeah. Uh, the simple truth is that there weren't enough legal hangings to supply a guy with employment. You didn't have enough to make it around, you know, to, to make a living at it. So 
For instance, during Wyoming's territorial status, Wyoming became a state in 1890, having been a separate territory since Colorado was admitted to the Union in 1876. There were only seven legal hangings in that whole area. But the key word was legal. Yeah, and they probably didn't wait for a professional. Yeah. But uh, there were seven legal hangings, and at any rate, a professional hangin, hangman would have starved to death. I mean, that's, and I don't know how much they would have got per hanging. Now, at least one professional hangman thrived. His name was George Maladin, and he served as an executioner for hanging judge Isaac C. Parker, the hanging judge, in the U.S. Court for the Western District of Arkansas. Uh, so this Maladin guy hanged at least 60 condemned men. Oh my. And despite his skill, he was hardly perfect at this inexact science of hanging. On April 20th, 1876, for example, four of the five men he dispatched did not become still after the drop. One continued twitching for as long as 10 minutes. So even a professional didn't exactly get it done. Oh, right. my goodness. Now, thanks. since in nearly all cases the condemned was uh, hanged not in the state or territorial prison, but in the county in which he was convicted. So the local sheriff normally did duty as hangman, the sheriff of Lee County, Texas, uh, uh, in executing William Bill Longley in 1876, remarked that Longley's hanging was the county's first legal one, adding, I hope it's the last. You know, now, Tom Horn, quickly, because I've only got a minute left. Yeah. Tom Horn died by hanging in Wyoming, but yeah. they used a water pressure and water built yes. up of yes. device. Yeah. yeah, it was quite a, a deal. But, yeah. um, you know, they eventually uh, uh, purchased an electric chair and... You know, the, for the most part, executions were not public, and I didn't realize this. The scaffold in the middle of Main Street, that's a Hollywood thing, not a fact. Most executions took place in a walled-in yard behind the county jail. So witnesses were limited to officials or those that were testifying or family members, uh, a doctor and a coroner. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, coroner. Uh, so it naturally followed that the... The hangman would be called the guest of honor. <laughs> and now I don't know if this is correct or not, but because this article is from 2002, that today only two states, Idaho and Montana, still use hanging as a form of capital punishment. And I don't know if that's accurate or not. I don't know if that's true or not, but real quick, you know, any final words as they talk before they put the hood over them? I wonder what some of the quotations would be. <laughs> Well, that's a good... Well, I can tell you what uh, Black Jack Ketchum said. He, he kind of laughed and said uh, something about, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to see you guys in hell. Or, uh, oh, I'll, my goodness. I'll be having breakfast in, in hell. I, I know I'm not supposed to swear. <laughs> that's a quote <laughs> about Black Jack Ketchum. There you go. I'm out of time. I wish we had longer to talk well, about your gruesome hangings. Yeah, that's about it. Doctor History. Now, I can't wait for next week. What are you going to talk about next week? That remains a secret. I bet it does.